Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. We welcome in Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett. Coach, we got to talk puppies and dogs for a minute. I know you got an addition to the family named Kramer. So is it after Tommy Kramer or Cosmo Kramer that he got his name? It's Cosmo Kramer. It's You know, we were just thinking of names and... I like, I like Newman, I like Kramer, and I, you know, uh, we had a bunch of names in the mix, but when we got him, his hair was sticking straight up, and we said, oh, it's Kramer. (laughs) That's so good. He's a little guy, he's only about, he's only about three pounds right now, Mm. he's eight or or nine weeks old, so he's not going to get very big, he's a Shih Tzu, but he's just cute as he can be. Well, and does he run the house already, just being there a short time? Oh, well, of course he does, you know, he's, uh, but it, we're crate training. So he's, it's easier to do it with crates and stuff than, than it was before. So it'll be fun. But they, you know, as you know, pets make life better. Let me ask you more on Seinfeld. Do you have the infamous picture of Kramer up in your house? The, the one where he's posing? No, no but there's a gif out there of Kramer and, uh, Somebody sent that to us of him, you know, acting like Cosmo Kramer. So, That's funny. You know. Well, getting closer to, to football season here is social media has been lit up by the training camp fight heard around the college football world with the buffs and, and Dion getting after him. What was your policy with fighting during this preseason mode? My policy was it was a waste of time. We only have so many minutes left. Let's don't waste it pushing and shoving and doing stuff like that. So I would have had a different approach than coach Sanders did, but you know, we're not the same. So, and actually I was at that practice and I must've left five minutes before that happened. Cause I didn't see it happen. I, I saw it again this morning, but um, you know, you know, that kind of stuff, you just, uh, you know, it doesn't do anybody in my opinion, it doesn't do anybody any good. It meant there was, three or four minutes that we wasted that we could have been getting better. That's mm-hmm. how many plays can you run in, in that amount of time. So, uh, but I get it. I get why he's doing it and he's trying to put a team together and, and a part of putting a team together is building some sort of camaraderie. So I'm sure that's what he was thinking. Is there a legendary fight you remember either as head coach or as an assistant that, that went on that shook the coaches to a point where you had to, to really talk to the team about it? Well, there was two, <laughs> and uh, one of them, one of them was between two of my coaches. Oh no! The, uh, we're doing a, a thud period. We're not in, in 
full pads. We're, we don't have the pants on, mm-hmm. and we're doing sort of an inside thud period, and our center cuts a defensive lineman in shorts, and so our defensive line coach, Buddy Wyatt, gets really mad and goes off on our offensive line coach, Steve Marshall. So Marshall goes back in the huddle and calls the same play. Now I'm standing there watching this with a recruit and his grandmother. Oh, no. And so – they go back and they run the same play. He cuts the defensive lineman again. This time, our defensive line coach goes, throws himself across the line of scrimmage, hits the offensive line coach in the jaw. The offensive line coach's glasses come off. They're fighting on the ground, rolling around. The defensive guys are egging on Buddy Wyatt. The offensive guys are egging on Steve Marshall. I'm standing there going, are you kidding me? I have never seen this in my life. And so finally, they got the, we pulled them apart and I said, I'll see you guys in my office later on. And they were sheepish. They knew that was dumb, but the kids got a, got a thrill out of it. <laughs> so, and, so... and then, and then we, we had a fight between Victor Rogers and Tyler Brayton. And both of them were about six, seven and about 300 pounds. And so I got in the middle of it to break it up, which is the number one rule of coaching, never get in the middle of a fight. And I know to this day, if Victor Rogers is listening, I know he punched me purposely. This was his chance. (laughs) He had a big round house, and he decked me, man. And my eyes were watering. I couldn't see. The trainer walks over because he's expecting me to just fall over on the ground any minute. And, of course, there was total silence. But, you know, I didn't pass out and I didn't fall over. But I know every time I see Victor, I said, you know, I owe you a punch, buddy. But those are the two I remember. Coach Barnett with the standing eight count. I love it, man. It was a standing eight count. I'll tell you, I didn't know where I was. Man, just to get smacked like that, six, seven, three bills, and that's a jaw. (laughs) I'm impressed, man. The art of fighting here. Coach Barnett with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Buddy Wyatt's name rings a bell. Wasn't he on Nebraska staff at some point? You know, he was at Kansas for a while. He was with us at Northwestern, he's at Colorado, he's at A&M for a long time. I think he's at SMU now. But he was a great coach, as was Steve Marshall. They were both great coaches. You know, this was the 2001 year, so mm-hmm. but there it was, just one right at I couldn't believe it. I mean, what do you think I could do? I'm just watching these two grown men on a football field in front of a recruit. So. Well, that's, uh, that's part of, of fall camp, unfortunately, where tempers flare. You're sick of hitting one another. I want to go to the, the team building and the chemistry. There's uh, <laughs> clips going around, and this may have been dated a little bit, but it was Coach Saban, and I just saw this on Facebook. He was talking about a story he heard from Pete Rose, and the story was this, and it was Sparky Anderson. What made Sparky such a great manager? Saban was relaying this. You got to know when to pat him on the ass, kick him in the ass, and say nothing. And was that a challenge as as being the head of a program, knowing when to to encourage, knowing when to get on them, and then knowing when to just let it it sit a little bit? It it sort of organically sorts itself out, and it's part of you're playing a rough and tumble sport, and guys are going after it. And, you know, every once in a while, you know, things get out of hand a little bit. But you just just sort of handle it. I mean, I, I never had to stop practice and chew anybody's fanny out. But uh, it's it, uh, you just have it's sort of an art more than anything else. 
Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, I uh, want to get your thoughts with uh, Nebraska here and uh, Minnesota's looming uh, two weeks from today. And we're wondering what exactly the offense can be good at it in, in two weeks. The offensive line continues to, to grind away. I think Nebraska really likes their running back room. Uh, very thin at wide receiver, uh, or at least known commodities compared to what was here a year ago. And then you have the, the Sims factor, and we're kind of leaning towards Sims may be a pretty big focal point that first game when it comes to being a, a rushing element or attack. What would you do, the offensive game plan with, with running the quarterback early in the year? Would you go all in or would you try and taper it? If I'm Nebraska, the name of my game is going to be physical football. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if I have what you just reported is on my team, uh, you know, the one thing an opening game it, team is not ready for is to get hit right in the mouth from the first play to the last play. And so that you can set the tone if you can be that physical early on in the first game, if you can just rough up the other team. Uh, and Because they haven't been, you, you know, you haven't practiced tackling that much. The, the most tackling you get in, in the whole year is in a game. And so uh, you, you don't tackle as much in a whole preseason as you do in one game. And so uh, making the other team, um, you know, get off the block and make a tackle uh, on whoever it is, uh, that's – you can control that dynamic. You're going to win the game. You're going to be close no matter who you're playing. So, you know, for me – if that's who Nebraska is, that's who I'm going to be the first game and the first play, and, you know, you better get ready for it is the way I'd look at it. Conversely, what what do you look at with TCU and the Buffs for that first game? What do you see Colorado having as a strength? And, and we'll get more into it here in a couple of weeks, I know, but just with uh, from the onset, what, what's impressed you with Colorado? Well, I think Colorado's going to have a lot of skill, uh, both sides of the ball. And they're going to have to develop uh, uh, physical football inside uh, on offense and defense. And so I think I think uh, TCU will test that. TCU's got a lot of new players as well, but I think they want to play a pretty physical brand of football. So I think two weeks in a row, the Buffs are going to have to line up and play pretty physically to win the game. I think between that game and the Nebraska game is going to be two pretty similar types team type teams. I think TCU is going to throw the ball more, mm-hmm. and I think they are very skilled. They've got a lot of good receivers, so we'll see that. But uh, I still th- I do think that both both teams are going to play physical football. Numbers wise, I, I know it's a, a complete roster flip. Do you like from what you've been able to see what the interiors are, or is it still a bit of a work in progress right now? I, that's still a work in progress, in my opinion. It's it, and it usually always is, mm-hmm. unless you've got a real veteran group coming back and you've got seven or eight guys that have played a lot of football uh, together coming back on both sides of the ball. Then it's still a work in process. I mean, there's they have at least two more weeks of practice, so you know that's what they're going to try to do in the next two weeks. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. The Bill Conley FPI final, uh, make it S&P numbers, came out. And 
you have uh, Georgia and you have Bama, you have Ohio State, Michigan, the, the top four. There's a little bit of a gap, Coach, between uh, Michigan, I should say Ohio State, and then LSU, and then there's Penn State and SC and Clemson and Florida State. Of those teams kind of outside the top four that we think are, are at least the four best preseason coming in, who do you like? Do you like what LSU could be? Is is Penn State sneaky good? Does Clemson get back? Maybe Texas is a conversation piece. Who's a, another team or two you like that could challenge for a playoff spot? You know, the funny thing, Chris, we could have had this same conversation 25 years ago. <laughs> That's it's true. The same team. It's the same teams. It's amazing. It's the same teams. Uh, I don't know. I've got to watch these guys play. You mm-hmm. know, it's, Two, two weeks worth of injuries potential and game opening game injuries and you know you look at the first first week of the season there are a lot of great matchups but there are some good ones uh, so I, I don't know who to say uh, right at this point in time and uh, but I think it's just interesting that <laughs> there's the same teams we could have been talking about 25 years ago I'm I'm fascinated to see who has a bounce back season and we I couch that by saying bounce back uh, in context with everybody else versus what's been ongoing Clemson was 10 and 4 last year Bama was 11 and 2 and I know that that you've got a new quarterback at Alabama but uh, there are rising expectations I'm anxious to see LSU just cuz I like Jaden a lot at quarterback LSU had some big wins last year and coach I think folks are Sleeping on Penn State a little bit. Their offensive line's pretty talented, uh, really good at, at the running back spot. I know they got a high flyer at, at quarterback that's a five-star. He's super young. But I, I think there's just this assumption that Penn State will be really good, but they're not going to get by Michigan or Ohio State this year. Well, I sort of agree with you. You know, I was looking at the freaks list yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they had 40, 40 of the freaks, you know, which are just guys with great strength, size, speed just cut above everybody else i think penn state had three on that list Mm -hmm. and so uh yeah i gotta think that penn state could be a sleeper and all this stuff but you know it's we'll just have to see how it folds that's what's fun about it you don't really ever know but it's uh uh it's still the same teams chris no matter what well one of those teams the the washington huskies what do you like about Kalen DeBoer in Penix? And that's another team, Washington, that could could make a push uh, to be in the playoff again. I love Washington. I love their offensive coordinator. You know, they had they had, I saw a couple stats last year. Uh, in one game, they had 480 yards on first down. In one game. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I, uh, his name escapes me, but I met him last year when we played out there and I've got two coaches that are coaching at Washington, but that is really a good football team. And Penix is really a good player. And that combination of how that offensive coordinator calls plays and, and the is just a terrific guy. And I mean, a really good coach. So I like that team. I, they're the, to me, the second best team, if not the best team in, uh, in the Pac-12. I think they absolutely could be. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, we'll get you out, but uh, golf plans this weekend. What are you doing with the barbecue thing? We haven't talked barbecue in a while. Yeah, that's sort of been put on the back shelf. 
you know, the, the kids, when the grandkids come over, we, we, uh, I did ribs once, but they're not a big barbecue rib. So, um, but a little golf this weekend, uh, club championship. I'm, I'm one of the also lands. So we'll play in that just to, just so I can play, but that's about it. So is your name on, uh, on the wall at all though, in the club? Not in this club. No, no. <laughs> Other than I'm on the membership. <laughs> there, there we go <laughs> well coach good luck to it thanks for talking some ball today all right chris great being with you good stuff from uh coach gary barnett with us sale varsity radio will get caught up on nebraska and the outlook from mr jeremiah searles a longtime husker lineman nfler and uh, his take on the offense, offensive line, quarterback situation. Searles next with Hale Varsity were presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Currency.